Hello, and welcome to the Three Vice Men podcast. I'm James. I'm Dom. And I'm Matt. And together we're going on a verbal pilgrimage, taking in all things craft beer. From delicious dippers to dandelion saisons, we'll be looking at what breweries are doing well, and maybe not so well. We'll also be looking at what trends look set to take off this year, and what we're excited about, as well as delving into some of our beery stories. Most importantly though, we'll be sampling beers each episode, and giving our opinions on them, unfiltered by untapped hopefully. So join us as we journey into the world of craft beer, and whilst we may not have a new king to look for, we'll certainly be worshipping a lot of tasty beers along the way. So sit back, crack a beer, and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Three Vice Men podcast, back with another pod this week. Uh, a bit of an interesting one this week, we are approaching the lagers, so don't turn off just yet. Uh, no guests. But I am joined by the wonderful Dom Lewis and the now fantastically bandwidthed Matt Waring. Lads, how are we doing? Very well. I'm very pleased to see Matt in full HD. Yeah. Full HD. There's been zero cutouts on the Zoom call. He is joined the 21st century. Welcome to that. Matt. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Uh, so I, I teased it a little bit in the intro there that we're we're drinking lagers this week. Um, not something we'd we'd normally go with. Is that is that fair to say? I, th- I think so. It, this is a Saturday afternoon. See you through to some nice hazy dippers in the evening for me. To be honest, I would say. So it's, it's nice to focus on something different. Matt, are you much of a, a lager drinker? Um, I have. I I found myself venturing more into 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 craft lagers probably over the last few months or last 12 months maybe uh before that i was very against it and um not really much of a lager drinker um but hopefully you know if there are lager drinkers out there hopefully tonight's episode might uh, make them think a different way about craft lagers there we go well this is truly then a voyage of discovery uh dom what's in your glass uh, and what are you uh, sipping on while, while we're talking? So I'm starting my voyage of discovery with a lager like it should be. And I am having the Brewdog Lost Lager. Um, I said the lager like it should be because it's on the can. I don't necessarily believe that. This is probably their first proper foray into like a commercial lager. Definitely treads the line between the micro and macro. I've had it a couple of times before. I got this can as part of their giveaway. Can't go wrong for four cans, one ninety-five delivered. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get with it. It's okay. It doesn't blow. Doesn't blow you away. Matt, what are you drinking? Have you got something more exciting to bring to the table? Um, I think I have got something more exciting to bring to the table. It's uh, the New Zealand Pilsner by Verdam. Drinking it out of the Cask 2019 glass. Uh, R.I.P. Beer festivals. It's like a uh, bottle, isn't it? It's, uh, yes. it's a proper. Yeah, um, I thought it was appropriate to to have it in almost like a the most thing I had like a Stein, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really crisp, really refreshing. Uh, they use uh, Nelson Sobin hops um, in it, hence why it's called New Zealand Pilsner. Uh, so you get that just like yeah, grapefruity, like floral vibes. Uh, yeah, it's it's delicious. Curtis, what's going on in your glass? Uh, well, I'm I'm now making. Well, I'm now regretting the decision that I didn't go with a, a Stein-like bit of glassware and just a standard standard pint glass because I've got the 
original from Munich Oktoberfest, Paulina Oktoberfest beer. It's uh, I can't, I wasn't back at the first Munich Oktoberfest, so I can't fully fact check the validity of, of that claim. Uh, but it does taste like the beers I have had when I've gone to Oktoberfest, so they can't be too far out. Uh, sitting at six percent, so a bit stronger than potentially the uh, the stuff in your glasses, and maybe a bit stronger than your, your traditional lager. But I have had a little bit of it while we were waiting to start this, and it, it's going down a treat so far. Now I think that's probably a great place to a great segue to to move on from and the Oktoberfest kind of concept. There are kind of two sort of styles or, or, or origins of lager and I'd probably call them the German and the Czech. Matt you've got a Pilsner which is Czech and Bohemian I believe. Yep, uh, Dom yep. what kind of uh, origin is, is the lost lager following path of? Um, I think this is probably more Pilsnery I would say. Okay. But but I, th- I think in, in classic Brewdog micro macro as, as nondescript as possible to get people to buy it. Yeah, take take the boundaries away and uh, don't give people a reason not to drink it. Um, I kind of made a distinction there. I don't think any of us are that well informed about them. Uh, is there a is there a preference in this group about pilsners or kind of standard pale lagers? I don't think necessarily. I think because maybe when it comes to pilsners and things it's more where you're drinking them because i think most of the pilsners i've the proper pilsners that i've drunk and enjoyed have been whilst i've been on the continent and then i think obviously when you if like if you're in prague and you're drinking a pilsner from the czech republic chances are you can appreciate it a hell of a lot more than a pilsner urquil that's poured in the wigan pen yeah, like you're just not gonna appreciate it as much. I have really enjoyed some of the like touching on Curtis's drinking the Oktoberfest beer. I have really enjoyed some of the fest beers I've had recently because it's kind of been unexpected and they've got like a bit more flavour to them. Um, but I think it just depends on like what mood you're feeling in that day. Um, Pilsner's kind of come through with a bit more flavour, um, but sometimes you do just want like a bit of a crisp crisp nondescript lager mm. yeah i had to follow up on your point there of pilsners in the czech republic do tend to taste quite nice in my experience how much of that is quality and how much is setting is uh not something i have the answer to so matt with your beer um it's obviously been hopped with some some nelson uh, is is that a trend that you can kind of see happening a bit more, adding hops to lagers and getting some of those kind of fruitier flavours that we've traditionally associated with craft ales and and uh, IPAs? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's not only a style that will uh, take off with the lagers. It seems to be a style that's or a trend, sorry, that's um, happening just with craft beer in general. That um, the, the New Zealand hops are just kind of becoming the best almost like Nelson Sovin. Um, when I was doing a bit of looking into, you know, what lagers are, are being well received at the moment, uh, Motuika was coming up quite a lot as one of the hops used in lagers. Um, actually found out the Motuika used to be called SARS B. Uh, SARS obviously being a hop that is classically used in the Czech styles. Um, so, I, but they're using it now in the lagers just so that like, lemon like lime mm. peel flavors um that you know you see when you you have other beers with motuika and them like this yeah nelson stovon and this one 
um like i said when i, when I tried it the, like grapefruit character it's got quite a, like a dry finish um but it's still very crisp and very clean um so yeah i definitely think that that lagers will move more towards a, a kind of yeah floral and, and and citrus way with the with the new zealand hops uh, i don't know if you guys you think that's a kind of a, a trend maybe that's happening with craft beers in general if new zealand hops are taking over I definitely agree with New Zealand hops taking over, but I also agree just that when you hop a lager in general, I remember when India pale lagers first started and there were a few times I bought one being like, Oh, this is an IPA, but it's an IPL. Like I wonder what the actual difference is between it. And it was a lager that was like quite hopped up with a few different varietals. Um, So I think it's what's going to, grab the regular craft beer drinker and go hey you know you like that hop in this why not try that hop in a lager and see what you think like i think it's a it's a nice way to blur the lines between the beers and kind of get rid of some of the stigma perhaps is that a battle that needs to be fought though Uh, is there you know we've kind of mentioned already quite early on here that we're uh, some of the best lagers we've had have been the time and the place and they've been what, what we wanted there do, do the lagers need to make that step into you know more fruit flavored hop flat, hop forward beers that we traditionally have in an ipa or, or can the ipa just have its place in a lager sit where it wants to sit i think that <clears throat> for my speaking personally if i was on um <clears throat> a web shop like to be fair, the only reason why I went for this New Zealand pills when I when I looked into it and it said uh, it's been hopped with Nelson Sovum, I wanted to give it a go. Whereas if they hadn't made that point of saying we use this hop in this lager, I might not have gone for it. I might have just you know discarded it. You know, and said, oh, it's just a it's just another lager. It's just you know it's a craft brewery trying to do a lager. Um, but I suppose yeah, because they 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 made the hop distinction and they, they mentioned that I was I was kind of drawn to it. Um, which I think maybe that's what they're doing with Motuika as well. Dom, do you think they need to make that distinction as well? I don't know if they necessarily need to make a distinction. I think it's just a good way to bring people that maybe wouldn't drink a lager or maybe would like frown upon it into drinking that place. Like you're drinking a Verdant Pilsner there. I know in the last year, they have done, they've done their Tappy Pills. They've done, I think it was a New Zealand Pills. They've done um, an Italian Pills. They've done a Brett Pills. They've done a few to like try and bring lagers back almost mm. in the mainstream because obviously Dara Amber, like they're both very successful breweries in what they do. So I think for them to touch upon the styles that people might frown upon and bring them back to the forefront of people's minds, like dropping them alongside a fresh steady or a fresh light bulb or a fresh bloom. Like people will be on the web shops by that. And then they might think, Oh, they've got this, they've got this bottle of pills. Okay. Let me put that in my basket as well and see what I think about it. Uh, That's a very um, kind of talking about mainstream drinkers, not drinking lagers. I have to be very clear that that's mainstream craft beer drinkers, which is, a niche and the kind of <laughs> the, the population as a whole lager is the predominant the predominant beer that's drunk so i i think you've got an interesting point there of some of these more you know well-regarded craft breweries kind of brewing these things and, and getting their sort of devotees picking them out of bottle shops and ordering from their web shops but 
is there an angle where they're just trying to open up their market to people who maybe wouldn't have had a beer with a crocodile on the front of it before? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people's craft beer journey would have been any lager, canned lager, bottled lager. Ooh, is that an ale? And then you'd go ale, 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 bitter, 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 IPA. Ooh, ooh, I can't believe you used to drink lagers. Like, I think that's how a lot of people may feel about the topic. It's lagers is something that you always start with. Like, I remember when we were all first drinking, you probably start with like your Budweiser's, your Stella's, your Carling's. And it's, it's what you, so you just associate the lagers with, oh, when I was younger, when I didn't really know what beer was. Um, so I think it is important for breweries to show, I know that's what you associate it with, but this can actually be taken seriously as well. Like a lager can be a grown up drink almost. It can be sophisticated, maybe not quite, but it can be a beer that you can take seriously. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's an interesting thought and um, it's probably a a conversation that we need to take up when we have a few few more brewers on. Looking at at lagers and when I look at lagers, I look at prices um, and lagers are predominantly quite cheap drinks. Certainly craft lagers, they're, they're battling the, the line of being viewed as a lot more expensive than their uh, sort of macro counterparts. When brewers are looking to get uh, all these nice citrusy flavours in, they're also probably coming up against the problem that in a pub, people might have a lager in lime and get those fruity flavours in potentially a cheaper way than throwing some uh, hops in. I know, Dom, you've, uh, you've gone on about Rattlers in the past with some lemonade. Uh, do you think that's a, a way forward? Is it something that we should be frowning upon? Hey, I'm not saying it's the way forward. I'm not saying it should be frowned upon. It's kind of an in-betweener, you know? I do enjoy them sometimes, but I wouldn't order one. That's that's where they fall into for me. Okay, okay. You can get off the fence at some point. No, I, I I do like them. I mean, they they're they're kind of like they're kind of like a nice shandy. If it's basically when you go to the pub and you don't really want a drink, but they're like, hey, we've got this little rattler. It's fruity. It's flavorful. And you're like, tell me more. And you then sold you me. Pull me one. Yeah, like <laughs> that, that, that's what a rattler is. Like they're gonna trick you into it. You're gonna drink it, and you're not gonna be disappointed. I mean, I can't what believe more do you want? I can't believe that you go to pubs run by used car salesmen. Go on, try it. Go on, try it. Trick you into drinking Rattlers and also They're buying like, Ford Mondeos. Subtle orange flavors, <laughs> and I'm like, you have me at subtle. It's got lemonade. It's got lager. It's got a five CD got... changer. Uh, on a more serious note, Matt, are you uh, are you accustomed to walking in and coming out with something with uh, broken aircon? <laughs> um, no, I'm not accustomed to doing that. Um, but I do think that it's when pubs do reopen again, uh, it, it's very difficult to get a lager, a craft lager, into pubs for craft breweries because I feel like the lager taps in pubs are usually a lot more like they're a lot more set rather than the ale. Pub. Yeah, like that's definitely a conversation about pubs and sort of contracts. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if you walk into a pub, you look at what, let's say they've got eight taps, 
five of them or four of them are Lager taps. You're going to have Carling. You're going to have maybe Stella. You might have a Peroni. Um, and then, There's... yeah, you might have another Lager. But I feel like the, the, the ale taps, they're probably more interchangeable. So maybe if a, if a local craft brewery comes and says, hey, we've got this ale that we've just brewed. Do you want to support us by putting it on one of your taps? They go, yeah, yeah, we, we change our ale taps all the time. Um, you know, we'll we'll give you one of the ale taps. Whereas if a craft brewery says, "Hey, we've got this lager," we go, they'll go, "No way, we always have these lagers." Uh, yeah. So I think it would just be difficult for craft breweries to to get their lagers into pubs. I think there's definitely more of a brand loyalty with lagers as well. People walk walk in and then walk out if their lager isn't on tap. A hundred percent as well. And also, when you look at what was the first craft lager most of us saw on tap, it would have been Hop House. And that yep. is just Guinness rebranding. So yep. the only reason that would have been able to get into bars was probably because they had a contract saying, yeah, we're going to have one tap dedicated to Guinness. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you try a tap of this and see how it goes down? Like you say, I think a lot of real ale places probably wouldn't necessarily stretch into the lager world as much. Um, and when you think the ale taps are for, for mostly ale, it's like they're not going to be like, oh, okay, we'll chuck an extra lager on when... Like you've already mentioned, we have the four that we always sell to. Hmm. Although, you know, beer if you know, Reese mentioned that they always have a tap of uh, Keller Peels from Lost and Grounded on. Although I guess that's more of it's a destination place for, for people that like craft beer and that tap is for the people they bring along. Yeah, I, I think regardless of your views on Pilsners and Lagers, if you're alcohol selling establishment whatever that may be and you don't sell a lager you're an idiot like you always need that on there regardless of how regardless of where you're putting yourself you still need to have it to encourage people to come in and then have that have that beer on there as the gateway to people that might not know about everything else you have yeah absolutely i feel like um if you don't have that lager on like you said you're just you're turning away so many potential customers how many people will walk into a tap room with somebody else say no you know how many people have we dragged into tap rooms that don't really want to be there yeah our girlfriends you know friends that don't know anything about craft beer and you go oh come on you come to the tap room yeah they've, they've got lagers on you know and then you know they'll 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 come in they'll they'll have the the lager they'll go why have i just paid five pound for this and then you're like but wait but wait exactly and then they'll probably enjoy it uh, and then you know if you say hey do you want to go to that place again they'll go hey yeah i actually really enjoyed that lager so i'll go yeah. with you and i'll have it you know what else people will be saying yeah i'm coming back it's for part two of this podcast uh well we'll be drinking some more beers and uh having some more chat before we go on to that though quick reviews of these ones as we're coming towards the end of them i can go first very smooth doesn't taste six percent could easily have this in two litre quantities and uh wake up on the floor of a train to peterborough that, that sounds like a man that's experienced that feeling before no comment <laughs> <laughs> um well, i'll go next uh it, it, a really delicious pilsner um nelson sovon is a fantastic hop uh just really nice floral citrus uh flavors coming out of this and then yeah just a nice like uh so yeah like a nice white wine dry finish almost um Tom, you about yourself 
Um, mine tastes like a beer that you'll pay £3.54 at the bar. And then whilst you're drinking it, you'll know that it should have been the house lager that cost £2.50. Um, it's, it's a lager you buy for, to say that you like craft beer, isn't it, really? But then if you like craft beer, you wouldn't buy this drink. It's what an oxymoron. Is that an oxymoron? I think it. I think it could well be categorised as an oxymoron. Well, it, uh, it was okay. For more vocabulary lessons, join us in part two of the Three Vicemen podcast. After this fantastic jingle, they drink beer, so much beer, all of the different types of beer. They drink beer, lots of beer. It's beer. Uh, welcome back to part two of the Through Vice Women podcast. We've not gone anywhere, so I am still joined by the gloriously connected Matt Waring and the late as always Dom Lewis. Uh, lads, we're moving into part two, which means the second beer of the evening. Well, second beer for some of us. Dom, if I could start with you, what is entering your glass right now? So I've taken the lager brief. And I've run with it a little bit. So I've got a Very rival cheeky. I've got Very a rival Kolsch here. So it's obviously a style of pretty much lager that originated in Cologne. And this has been brewed by a brewery based in Cardiff that I think you will be hearing more about in a in a podcast coming up. Um so yeah. Excited to drink this. Nice 4.5%. Falls perfectly in the category for lagers, to be honest. Nothing too crazy. And yeah, it pours very well. And looking forward to drinking this. Matt, what have you got? Uh, well, Dom, uh, I have got in my glass, um, or my Stein. Yeah, um, I was going to say, in your Stein. Um, a you beer from Utopia. Uh, Stein properly. Stein. Stein, yeah. Stein. Uh, it's well, in my Stein. I have a beer from Utopian. Uh, it's their Czech Session Lager, 10 degrees, uh, they've called it. Uh, Utopian, based in mid-Devon. Uh, obviously, uh, they have a heavy emphasis on lagers. Um, using only British ingredients, 100% British ingredients, which is a, which is a nice... I'm, I'm interested to see how they can spin using a Czech yeast in, as a British ingredient. I guess it, it replicates every few days or so, so it's it's still British, really. I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was I use British ingredients, so um, it's kind of nice that they they like you know they're they're paying homage to um, an Eastern European or European style, uh, but you know bring it home with the with the ingredients. Um, and yeah, it's it's tasting you know and smelling delicious. It's uh, almost got like a like a herbal okay. kind of um, vibe to it, which is, yeah, kind of cool. Uh, Curtis, what's going on in your glass? Well, I've, I've taken a leaf out of your book, Matt, from the first half, and uh, I've gone for something that is NZ Hopped. Obviously, New Zealand being the place it is at the moment, everyone everyone needs to get involved. Um, I've also taken a leaf out of your book by going for a lager-focused brewery. Uh, this one, Don Zoko, obviously we've mentioned them before in the pod. Uh, a bit more local to you, kind of Midlands-y. One of the best lager brewers in the country. I don't think that's too hard or too unfair to say. Um, and I've got their Northern Hellers. So German style, New Zealand hops. It's uh, quite crisp, 
a little bit floral, uh, a little bit uh, murkier than potentially I might have expected, but um, maybe that's just the way I pour them. And yeah, looking to uh, to see what we do with this. I've interesting to read on the back there, they do use a Swiss lager strain, so um, not particularly a country that you would associate with brewing much, but... Um, so it's interesting you both having beers from breweries that are predominantly lager focused. Do you think that's something that could have existed a couple of years ago? I don't think it could have existed at the price point that they charge for them. I think that they would definitely have to wait for the door to be opened by the uh, the guys brewing exorbitantly priced stuff to make a uh, £4 for a can of lager seem reasonable. It's, it's probably a very different model. Uh, and certainly with the, the way that lagers take longer to brew and the way you have to hold them in tanks, it's not the most economical way to to operate for a, for an early stages brewery, certainly. Uh, and perhaps maybe to get funding, they needed a, a track record of other people doing similar stuff to be able to get loans. I don't know. Um, also, yeah, to carry on with what Kurtz was saying, if with lagers as well, there's... There's kind of nowhere really to to kind of hide the, the flaws if you kind of mess up in the brewing process. As like <clears throat> if you are going to make a really heavily adjuncted stout, and you 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 make a bit of an error in the brewing process, you can kind of I suppose cover it up to an extent if you just put a bit more marshmallow in it or something, you know to. To, to kind of make a to, to you know I don't know pull the wool over some people's eyes almost but um, with lagers because it's such a I suppose such a more difficult process it's a lot it's, it's a clean style isn't it there yeah, is it, it, there's it, no exactly there are no folds to, to pull over you can't no you, you can't throw stuff in to paint over some cracks it's it's exactly. got to be it's a one and done and that's that's what you're left with yeah so if you know if you mess up on the brew then you know you're, you've 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 kind of ruined that batch. Um, there's nowhere really to hide. So it, it's brave. It's brave to brew a lager. It's brave to brew a lager. It's even braver to be a lager focused brewery. I think. The the other point though, Tom, and uh, this is it. If you, if you're starting a, a you know a lager focused brewery and it's something that you you manage to make a name with, there aren't that many that you're competing against in the craft market, are there? There's what probably five to ten lager-based breweries in the UK that we'll have heard of, of which we can probably name a few. That that is very true. But equally, if you're going into the lager game, I don't think you're necessarily uh, competing against the craft market. I think you're definitely competing against the macro market to pull people across to your side, as opposed to bringing people across from the craft side because if, if you're a if you're most craft beer drinkers I, I feel like you dabble um if if you heard a brewery such as donzoka or utopian getting good reviews it's like oh, okay i might um give one or two of their beers a go but really your main focus is going to be on people that they like beer and they kind of they kind of want to cross a into the craft scene like they want to have something that's a bit different and i feel like that's where you'll grab their hand and be like look this is what you should try now um if they're not quite ready to make the jump into like a ipa or something you can go well try us first love us and then whilst you're buying six cans of ours you can buy one can of this other person's ipa or something 
I think that's where their market possibly could be. Okay. I, I, I kind of feel that um, whilst they are, yes, doing that, trying to convert people, you know, lager drinkers um, who like the macro breweries we've already named, I think they're also trying to convince, com- like, uh, convert craft beer drinkers as well. I'm trying to literally the beer snobs almost that um, a lot of people are guilty of to be like the turning their nose about lagers because they want to go for a juicy IPA. I think they're fighting a war on two fronts, just like Germany during the Second World War. That's a very good reference there. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, I, I definitely think you're right with with the macro aspect is uh to use the phrase evangelist evangelistic to try and convert people to maybe the craft beer faith the lager you know the lager centric breweries are, are you know doing a very good job in that i think yeah i i definitely think it's a big thing where we've seen in recent years like some of the bigger breweries in the UK, like Cloudwater, Verdant, Dea, they've all kind of turned, they've all turned to different styles, like maybe more traditional styles and given a little nod to them. Like we see, we've seen some bitters, we've seen some just more, more regular kind of dark ales and things. And the fact that they're bringing lagers back into the mix, it, it brings it back into the conversation. And I feel like as soon as lagers are in the conversation, then you would be more likely to automatically go, oh, this is something I haven't heard of before. Oh, so Utopian 10 Degrees. Okay, let me try this. Oh, this is a Don Soco Northern Hellas. Oh, okay, haven't heard of that, but let me try this. Like, I've heard people talk about lagers. Maybe I should be trying these. We'll have to see where, where the market takes it and uh, whether we're saying the same things in a year and two years or, or whether the market and the tastes of people have moved on and we're seeing this proliferation that we, you know, potentially predicting here as as the craft beer channel have mentioned for the last three years i think it is shouts up to the craft beer channel they've always predicted <laughs> welcome on anytime they've yeah. always predicted that it's going to be the year of the lager and i don't think it's quite happened and every every year there's been a pretty good case for it to be honest how do we feel about that statement is 2021 going to be the year of the lager no uh no i, I think <laughs> sorry I, I think you've said it you, yourself don before that i d- i don't know if lagers will ever be accepted <clears throat> fully in but in the craft beer scene i think they are slowly becoming more accepted you know like i, I said just just now i think the 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 lager centered breweries are doing a, a good job uh of you know because of big foam from don zoco i'm more likely to go for for craft lagers now um you know there's a reason why we're doing this episode after all um and yeah um but i don't know i think they'll be ever be fully accepted Uh, i think there's a lot of people who just concentrate a lot maybe too much on the hype juice well, so you know, this this is a point then, uh, and kind of moving on slightly to a, a different point, but potentially for acceptance. I think we've seen IPA being the, the dominant craft style for for the last however many years, but from that we've seen it spawned lots of uh, you know lots of variants of that style. So there's you know West Coast IPAs, East Coast IPAs, milkshake IPAs. Went through a phrase of brute IPAs. Thankfully, it was quite a short one. 
they're now we're kind of moving into to dark IPAs. And I know Cloudwater uh, have come out with their birthday stuff with three dark triple IPAs. So dark lagers are a thing. Um, uh, and there are many other style, different kind of almost sub-styles of lager that don't taste particularly like your standard lagers. We, we mentioned briefly sort of IP, IPLs. But do you think uh, the kind of dark lager, the Kolsch's, all of these uh, almost niche styles uh, are a way in which adventurous drinkers will be drawn in? I, th- I think it's a way to put a spin on it um in the fact that if i see a kolsch i might be like oh i haven't seen this brewery do a kolsch before let me give it a go or a dark lager i might be like oh i haven't seen them do a dark lager before let me give it a try do i think it's necessarily going to take off no i don't think any one of those styles are one that you could put your finger on and go yes this is going to be the next new england ipa um, I don't think they're necessarily going to take over the market as much as that. But uh, are there a way that someone will say, oh, that sounds interesting, I'll try that? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think one of the biggest things about craft beer is the fact, I mean, we're probably all suckers for it. Like, if you're in a bar and you see two beers that have got 4.2 average on untapped, are you going to go for the beer that you've had before and you know you like, or are you going to go for the new beer that you've never tasted before? I think if it's 4.7 untapped, I'm going to try both of them. Exactly. But <laughs> maybe it's a crappy, a crappy bloody option. But, yeah, but you know what I mean? It's like you're always going to try the new thing. Yeah. I think that's yeah, I think you're right, John. Craft beer forward. Uh, so we talked about how time and a place are important for enjoying a beer. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this enough times, but I have drank lager in Bohemia. I like to think that... A lager is a, a good accompaniment to sporting events, but also meals. If I could pick from you an ideal setting to enjoy a lager, a food and a sporting event, what would that be? 100% Indian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 1,000% Indian. I think, I think it's going to be, obviously, you're going to have to go with the Cobra that every <laughs> Indian that I've ever been to has on tap. Because that is the perfect lager. Not a king and, cobra. No, just, just regular cobra. Come on, I'm sat in for five or six. And the ideal sporting event. Oh, I'm going to go England, Sri Lanka in Galley and watch Joe Root's Double Century. Um. <laughs> that is a, that's a great time. Great time to be um, When I walk into a curry house, when I, when I could walk into a curry house, I'd look at the taps and I'd yeah. say, is that? Is that a kingfisher? Um, <laughs> on the tap. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, so I'm going to go for a, maybe a pint of kingfisher. Yeah. Uh, and the sporting event, maybe World Cup semi-final 2018, but only the first five minutes. So just okay. after Kieran Trippier scored his free kick. Yeah, it's true. Life has never been better since then. What do we get? Bloody COVID. You know what I'm going to say? America's Cup sending reference? No, I'm not, even though I could do because New New Zealand and uh, and that. Charles Fusion reference? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. about. Uh, I'm obviously too busy participating. I don't drink and drive. We know this. Um, 
I'm going to say, I'm going to pick out this Northern Hellas right here. And I'm going to sit down with a nice, a nice curry. I'm not going to specify because I want to leave my options open for what I'm feeling at the time. And I'm going to watch live the uh, Rugby World Cup semi-final against the All Blacks. And uh, that's, that's got to be the match. Get a few, get through a few of those. Curry might get a bit cold because it's too intense. I'm, too, I'm enjoying it too much. Uh, and then obviously after that, I'll be able to uh, watch uh, us beat New Zealand in the America's Cup. <laughs> Not that that's happened I, I, I knew it was going to get in there somehow. Lager should, it's, it's the everyday drink, isn't it? Lager should be the everyday drink. You should be able to have it in a lot of different situations. Like, you should be able to drink lagers on their own and enjoy them. You should be able to drink them, yeah, with curries. While um, you're driving to work. While you're operating heavy machinery. Okay. <laughs> not when you're doing those things. I mean, maybe Obviously, non-alcoholic lagers, Curtis. We're not responsibly. Then. It goes without saying. Drink Obviously, responsibly. Obviously, drink responsibly. But, um, you know, lagers should be something, you, you know, you can enjoy every day. You know, do I want to drink a New England IPA every day? Maybe I do. Will you want to forever? No. Maybe not. I've I've seen many a review of people after Hop City saying their palate's been completely washed out by juicy New England IPAs. You wouldn't get that drink in Stella, would you? <laughs> no, something else gets washed out, though. <laughs> right, I, think, I think we've drifted a little bit too much off topic here. <laughs> and let's let's get back and talk about what these beers are going to be. We've been like, Northern Heather's Meads on Zayko, this might be my favourite lager I've had from them. Maybe bigger than, better than Big Foam. I'd have to try back to back with uh, Keller Pills from Lost and Grounded to see if it gets the title of my favourite lager, as well as potentially a Primator Pilsner. That's a niche reference for anyone who gets it. Matt, how uh, how are you doing with your ten degrees? Yeah, ten degrees was was a really really good beer. Really, really nice. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to have uh, any lager yet in the Czech Republic. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure yeah. they absolutely smash out the lagers. And um, you know, if this is if this is what they're making in the Czech Republic, then then I can't wait to get there. But because it's yeah, a brilliant beer, like I said, kind of a bit herbal, medicinal, uh, and then yeah, just kind of like. A, like a breadiness to it as well yeah just just delicious went down really easily 3.9 percent could have smashed back a lot of them Don, what about yourself yeah I've, I've really enjoyed this beer to be fair um it's always nice to have a colch because it's like you're drinking a lager but then there's a little something about it like there's something a little bit different going on there um it makes you remember you're drinking a beer nice coming in at four four point five percent and yeah like there's there's a lot more flavour to it than I got with the first beer. Um, it's kind of like some malt coming through, and yeah, like I've really enjoyed it. And this is this is definitely the sort of beer you could just drink all Saturday, and probably not have to apologise for your actions on the Sunday. And always a positive. Yeah, always a positive. That's always and a positive. Uh, so, Don Rival Brewing Company. I've not not come across too much. If uh, if someone wants to find out a bit more about them. Is there a, a good way to find out more information? Yeah, I believe they're on Instagram. Um, their brewery is Rival Brewing Company. But yeah, um, they've got a lot of beers on their website at the moment. Definitely check them out. And you might hear more about them in some coming episodes, hopefully. Fingers crossed. That is, that is a, a very, very cheeky, very cheeky announcement that we've not made there. So make sure you stay tuned because obviously you tune into podcasts. 
because um, this is the 1970s. Uh, lads, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, cheers, guys. Cheers. Follow our Instagram. Cheers, lads. <laughs>